Hi, this is Emma and Logan, and welcome to another episode of Empowered by Choice. Today, we're going to be talking about doing versus being, or the energy of making things happen versus allowing, surrendering, and letting things happen. Yes, like in our yoga practice, when we refer to our yin or our yang practice, and our yang practices are very powerful, our doing, our power flows, our masculine. Um, the very much the Western society that we've kind of fallen into is like, how much can we do and how busy can we be? And then we measure our success by how busy we are. And then we've got our yin part of our practice, which is our feminine part of our practice, our slow, our restorative, uh, our intuitive sides of ourselves as well. Uh, and that most of the time is, is strongly related to the Eastern way of doing things right if you go over to say for instance bali you're just you automatically are in a different state when you get there it's almost like you can hear silence you know where you walk down the street and everybody's moving at a slower pace and there's you know there's a lot less to do there and i think that's why people love going there it's much more feminine kind of holding energy over in a place like Bali. Um, for me, I've always found this a huge struggle to try and reconcile my my doing with my being. I was always a big Tony Robbins fan. So, you know, make the plan, set the goal, do the steps, achieve the goal, get the thing, move on, next thing, next goal, do the thing. Um, and then recently have been working more with a Taoist teacher. So the idea of doing nothing and uh, literally nothing and and allowing yourself to be a little bit more and also you know taking pride in that I feel like in our society sometimes we're not like we feel like we're not valued as much if we're not busy I feel like I don't value myself as much if if I'm not if I'm not doing and I'll, I'll agree that I'm gonna surrender and allow and I'll sit and meditate and just breathe and I'll be like yep I'm just gonna allow life to unfold as it's meant to the path will open up for me I don't need to see the destination I'm at peace and then this little voice in my head is like yes Emma but what is the plan what is the plan what are the steps what is the goal where are we going what is the plan and it's really hard sometimes to silence that voice but also to reconcile the two things because the two things exist and and the two things are true both things are true there is there is a time for action for making things happen and there is a time for inaction for allowing things to happen yeah we talk a lot about this as we talk a lot about inspired action Versus the action that's related to our should effort. Yeah. And I, th I think that is the difference. So when I was running my own business, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the business and I enjoyed the busyness that came with the business. And I was having a great time. But as time went on, as the years went on, I stopped enjoying so much and things became more struggle filled. It felt more like I was pushing a boulder up a hill and I kept pushing through because this is, this is what I do. I run my business and I do it in this way. And I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and it really wasn't fun anymore. And then I got some really quite serious messages from the universe in the form of injuries um, that really forced me to stop and take stock and notice that what I had been doing perhaps wasn't the way forward. It was time for a new way of doing or being. Yeah. And this is a lot of people's story. I feel like a lot of people continue with these things that they feel like they should be doing 
and they'll put themselves through so much, so much pushing the boulder up the hill, right? The uncomfortable, the hard, the, yeah, just the stickiness. So why do you, why do you think that is? Like, why do people continue to do these things that are not serving them, even when they know they're not serving them. Because we're taught that, you know, nothing nothing worth worthwhile comes easy and, you know, hard work pays off and that's the way to get ahead. And The idea that you have to hate your work <laughs> in order for it to be work. Absolutely. And even just that you have to get ahead, like just even that very concept that you have to be doing something and achieving something in order to have value. We very much associate value from doing and achieving and not from being. But perhaps starting to consider the idea that who you're being is in fact the most value that that you can bring to other people and to life. Yeah, absolutely. And and changing our idea or our conversation around the busyness, like being okay with just being mediocre, being okay with not having a jam-packed schedule and not being busy. Like how good would that be to be like in conversation with someone and then be like, oh, you know, what are you up to? And you'd be like, I'm just really taking it easy and I'm really enjoying life. I'm going to the beach. I'm spending time with my family and I'm really happy. I know that I personally am much better equipped to deal with anything that I'm doing when I've taken the time off. So the days off to to reconstruct myself, basically, um, to nourish myself, to take care of myself means I am in a much better state to put forward a great deal of energy into my projects because I've taken that time to, to literally regenerate myself. Yeah. And I think that's what in society right now, the popular word is self-care, right? Like we all, we keep saying like self-care is important, but what does self-care actually mean? And, you know, some people are like, oh, self-care, I went and got a massage for one hour out of my entire month. And they're like, yep, I've done my self-care check. But like, is that really you taking care of yourself? Is that really you taking the time, like you said, to fill yourself back up? And what will it take, like if you actually stop and take stock around when you do the things that you are able to walk away from feeling grounded and feeling whole and feeling ready not to react to the stuff that's happening in your life, but rather to respond from that place of wholeness. Yeah, I think what you said about filling yourself up is most important. You literally cannot pour from an empty cup. It's, you know, the same thing that we talk about a lot, like you've got to affix your oxygen mask first. If you're running on empty, you don't actually have things to give to other people. And also recognizing what self-care actually means to you, because it's completely different for everybody. So for you, Logan, what, what kind of things make you feel nourished and grounded and filled up again and able to, you know, continue, continue to give to other people? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a brand new mom. I've got a two-year-old and I've got a six-month-old. So I know this sounds really silly, but it's just honestly, it's taking time and being in silence. It's meditating. It's making like a really whole warm meal, a big meal, and just sitting down with that meal and connecting to that meal and eating the entire meal while it's still warm. That is honestly what like makes me feel whole and complete again. And so when I can do that, I notice right away when I come back to my kids or I come back to my family, I'm coming back as like a nourished mom and a a happy mom. And then right away, my kids, of course, they can 
feel that energy from me that I'm happy and I'm whole. And then right away, their energy changes. But if I come into the picture and I haven't eaten, I haven't taken care of myself, I don't feel good, you know, I feel shit. All of a sudden, I'm super reactive. And then the kids are reactive because I'm reactive. And then all of a sudden, it's just this hurricane of emotion and reaction. It kind of spirals out. Yeah, exactly. So I think, and like our kids are not separate from us. They are us, right? They can very much pick up on our energy just like that, right? So I think it's it's our responsibility as parents to make sure that we're actually doing, you know, these things of self-care so that we can be there and help them develop into the person that they're meant to be. Beautiful. And the way this relates to yogic philosophy is relating to the three gunas or qualities. So essentially everything is made up of these three qualities in differing amounts. And the three qualities are tamas, rajas, and sattva. So tamas is the quality of, I guess, laziness, ignorance, heaviness, slow moving, the color associated with it is black. It is, I guess, Jay Shetty said it really nicely. He said it's it's somebody who wants wants to have it, wants to have the things, wants to be rich, have the material possessions, the car, the house, the clothes, the relationship, but doesn't want to do any of the work associated with getting those things. And Rajas would be the passion, the action, uh, doing so you can have, considering, you know, being later I guess like being comes into it later so you don't even think about being you just think about doing what can you do and this is very much how we are in western society it's a very rajasic society we're always on the move we're always on the go we're always trying to do something get somewhere somewhere other than we are now we're always moving on to the next thing and that brings us to the third and final quality which is sattva the quality of goodness or purity and this is associated with the color white and it's the idea of peacefulness so the idea that we're just happy where we are we're just happy being and we're not trying to get anywhere else and again jay shetty describes it as being or becoming and in that being and becoming you actually naturally get the things that you want to get which brings us back to that inspired action that you spoke about at the start and how good does it feel when you are acting or you know being in that state rather than (laughs) trying to (laughs) trying to push the boulder up the hill right it's just being at peace oh it's just a it's a game changer so with all that being said uh, Emma, like when you're in that state of doing rather than being, what do you do to bring yourself back into being? Um, my, one of my favorite things, I call it poodling, P-O-O-T-L-I-N-G. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, poodling around in the house. You know, maybe I will read some cards, sit with my crystals, meditate a little bit, maybe go for a walk maybe tidy up my room a little bit, fold some clothes, repair some costumes. I also look at it um, – as, as setting myself up for success. So for me, self-care is often an act of taking care of my future self. So I'll do some meal prep. I'll, you know, wash clothes, repair broken items, um, just, just at a peaceful pace. So at, at a poodling pace, I'll, um, I'll, I'll set myself up for success by taking care of, of future Emma. 
making some meals for her, getting her clothes organized for the next day, laying out the things she'll need for the next day. So, yeah, I really view that as an act of self-care, taking care of my future self. That's so great. You know, what just came up for me when you were sharing that is like you're mothering yourself. Oh my gosh, it is, isn't it? I'm feeding myself, making sure I eat healthy. Yeah, and you know how I just shared like self-care to me was feeding myself. So it's literally that act of like mothering myself because I spend a lot of my time mothering my children and making sure that their basic needs are taken care of. That like rarely do we come back and be like, oh, have I eaten? And what did I eat? Is that food nourishing me? Have I taken care of myself? Have I you know, made plans for the things in my life that are falling apart. Like, say, for instance, my body, do I have, you know, your body's falling apart? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> like, well, I think everybody's body at some point falls apart. We have misalignments in our bodies, we have, you know, imbalances in our body, and like making sure that we're taking care of those imbalances. So going to the gym on a regular basis, booking a physio if you need one, booking a massage or a chiro or an osteo if you really need one. It's like those small acts that, like you said, you're taking care of your future self so that your future self can take care of either other people or other things or... Or your future, future self. Yeah. And self-care doesn't have to be this huge, big ritual. It, you know, some people don't have the luxury of a whole afternoon or a whole day. Sometimes just very small, small actions in the morning, like a, a minute of sitting in silence or trying to use those spare times, like sitting in a car or when you're on public transport to listen to a podcast or a YouTube channel, something that really inspires you and makes you feel good. Or even just breathing. That's very true. <laughs> like stopping and like you you had shared that you stop in your car before you go back into the house, before you rejoin your family and you make sure you take those long, slow, deep breaths so that you can recenter yourself. That is an act of self-care. So all of these things we're, we're doing in order to bring ourselves back into a state of being. An inspired action. Because for, it's from this state of being that our inspired action occurs to us. So I think there is a place for doing, for achieving the things, setting the goals, making the things happen. And it's when you're enjoying them, when you feel inspired towards taking those actions. But if you're feeling stressed, run down, if you're not physically well, if you haven't taken care of yourself physically, you're really unable to take those inspired actions or you haven't given yourself the space so that those inspirations can actually occur to you. Yeah. Like being rushed. Mm. Like when you're in a rush, how, in, how much can we notice the inspired action? We can't. This is my, this is my constant thing is yeah. rushing to leave the house always. Rushing, well, if you're a parent, <laughs> if you have a full-time job, if you're like, have more than one thing on at a time, I think everybody can recognize when they're they're operating in rush mode and when they're operating from inspired action. So and when you're operating in a rajasic mode with that, you know, that stress, that yeah. action versus in a sattvic mode when we're doing things with more of a sense of peace and calm about us. And often it is as, as simple as asking ourselves, you know, how am I doing this thing? Oh, I'm doing it in quite a stressed way. Um, could I perhaps do it in a more calm and peaceful way? And often you can, um, particularly with things like, like running late or rushing, trying to get out the door, trying to achieve lots of things. You can only do one of those things at a time. And 
how are you doing it? Yeah. So, and can you do it in a more calm way rather than a stressed way? Yeah. Just topping, like stopping and taking stock of like, am I breathing? Am I slowing? Can I slow my breath down? Just how to, is my breathing? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And right, like right away for me, for example, if I notice that I'm trying to rush to get the kids out the door, I notice that everything is like stressed and anxious and everyone, right? And then if I just stop and I take a slow, deep breath and I even maybe even get my kids to take a slow, deep breath, it just automatically changes the experience of everyone. Fantastic. And so by slowing ourselves down, by calming ourselves down, by allowing ourselves to be a little bit more is where we actually come up with the inspiration to do in an inspired way. So for you, how do you feel? How do you notice when something is an inspired action versus just an action? Yeah, I think this is a tough one. For oh, a lot it's a really people. hard one. It's a really tough one. But I think it goes back to pushing the boulder uphill. Like how much are you going to force it? And how much are you going to feel into like, is this actually serving me anymore? Or is it time to, you know, shake, shake your hands and brush it off and kind of either let it go if you have to. And I know sometimes that doesn't feel good. Let the boulder roll away. Yeah. And I mean, that can feel really shit for a lot of people, especially if you've put a lot of time and energy into pushing that boulder to where you've gotten it to go. It's so true. But I can't remember who said it, but they said just because you've spent a long time making a mistake doesn't mean you should keep making it. Not, yeah. But you know what? Giving yourself the space and the opening to grieve and to let, you know, to put yourself into a space of it's okay to make mistakes. We're human. This is the human experience. It's going to happen. It might even happen again. Likely. Very <laughs> likely. So I think noticing when those things feel good. I think really we have a very good a nav man within ourselves that knows where we're going and the things that are on our path feel right to us. And it's a little bit like a pinball machine. We kind of get gentle taps, gentle knocks to get us back on path, on track. And when we don't listen to those taps, they get a little bit more aggressive and then a little bit more aggressive again until we do finally listen. And, um, it's, it's actually how planes fly. So a, a plane will fly from Australia, where I'm from, to Canada, where yeah. Logan's from, <laughs> for example. Um, and it, it will only be on track, so on its actual flight path, like 1% of the time. The rest of the time, it sort of, it, it sort of drifts slightly and then it corrects. It drifts slightly and then it corrects. And it keeps doing this until it reaches its destination. And I think that's what we're doing as well. We're drifting slightly and then we notice and we correct. But what happens when we're so busy, we're so caught up in this rajasic way of being, of doing all the time, we don't notice those little signs that are trying to tap us back on track, like the pinball machine. We don't notice those little taps that are happening and they're very subtle. It can be a very subtle feeling of something not feeling good. So an interaction with someone, a relationship with someone, how you feel when you're work walking into work on a regular basis, like you really want to notice those very small clues that are going on because you want to notice them when they're small clues. Yeah, <laughs> they get to bigger clues mm -hmm. like health issues. But it also, it comes back to the yoga philosophy, like Atta, pay attention, pay attention to what is happening. And if we can, if we are in that being state, 
we can actually notice the signs when they're coming in and we're paying we're paying attention to those signs so we're actually going to auto correct ourselves rather than like you were saying waiting for you know the the big hit the big correction and those are the things that don't feel good right so if we can be and pay attention we can like subtly bring ourselves back in rather than waiting till it's almost like bordering too late crisis yeah crisis mode or like the tower you know in um in the tarot in the tarot yeah there's the the card the tower which is the the tower is the complete destruction complete annihilation so and like we look at like quarter life or midlife's crisis i feel like that's you know sometimes what they are just drifted off track too far way too far and the tower is crashing everything down around us our whole world and i know Emma, you and I have both experienced this in this our life already. This is how we met. Yeah. This is how we met. We met on a small island in Indonesia and um, I was like, oh, well, you know, I've just I've just broken up with my my really long-term eight-year relationship. I've broken up with my partner. I've, I've sold my business. I've sold my house. I've quit everything. I've left all my friends behind and now I'm just here alone making a go of it in a new country. And Logan was like, oh, me too. <laughs> But I think it was that it was that simple. We were in such a a doing state that we didn't even realize we were heading down the wrong path. And then because we're, you know, we have that, that faith and that connection to the universe, the universe was like, all right, let me just give you a big realignment, you know? Yeah, that can, that destruction of of everything that we'd known, basically clean slate, so that we could both start again. And luckily, we connected with each other. And now and now we have we, we've met and come Beautiful. across everything that we need to rebuild everything in a way that suits us better. On a more authentic state, like both of us, you know, we share all the time that both of us feel like we are on, you know, the right path and the right place at the right time. Because I think we both learned from that experience that we don't want to do that again. You know, we want to pay attention to the signs and the clues and we want to stay on that purposeful path. And we want to live our life according to our higher purpose. Absolutely. So following through on the doing, but from a space. So of no more being. boulders. We're pushing <laughs> no more boulders. <laughs> Thank you.